Welcome to episode 56 of The Ball Run, official podcast for snooker professional Stuart Bingham. This Cogito PR content is sponsored by Q Creator, the experts in bespoke Q design. It's a show in which I, sports journalist James Colasanti, ask the man nicknamed Ball Run about recent results, life on tour and life in general. Good morning, mate. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, James. Yourself? Yes, I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, we were just having a brief chat off air. You're, um, your family have been away on a camping trip this week, is that right? Yeah, it was it was heaven. Um, Monday morning, um, went to Mersey, uh, I think it was Watergrave, um, I know. set the tent up, uh, made sure they were there, and then drove home and had the nice sort of two or three days, peace and quiet. Lovely job, as I was saying, the master striker on behalf of all fathers out there. That's how it's done, gents. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, before I get myself in any more trouble, we'll um, let's talk about the snooker, and uh, uh, we'll start with your return to competitive um, action in Group Fifteen of Stage One of the Championship League in early July. Uh, you drew two-two with Dwayne Jones. You lost three-one to Alan Taylor, and then you beat Matthew Stevens three-one. Um, it all meant Stevens progressed from what was a very tight group uh, in that ranking event, which was eventually won by Sean Murphy, who beat Mark Williams 3-0 in the final in Leicester. Um, but tell me about your three matches, uh, a win, loss and a draw, obviously. So it's a mixed bag. Um, were you happy with your game after the long summer break? Um, I was happy the way uh, my, I played, like my, sort of my level of play. Um, just I just weren't match sharp. I, I sort of played too many loose shots. Mercury being early in the season, um, the two all with Dwayne um, first match, um, I should have won, could have won uh, every frame sort of thing. Um, twice I think I was forty fifty up and uh, he cleared up on me, where I've, I've just missed sort of match ball, game ball, whatever. Um, played Alan, just yeah, just played a, a few too many loose shots, like I was I was sort of practicing really. That's why I say I was, weren't really match sharp and. Instead of grinding out, I was playing a bit too open. And then, obviously, against Matthew, obviously, I didn't miss them sort of easy balls and, and, and sort of played all right. But, yeah, I ended up beat, getting beat uh, on count back. So, yeah, finished third, which is not great. But um, mm. it's obviously, there's only one spot for the winner. So, yeah. that's obviously what you're trying for. But yeah, it's, uh, a big sprawl, it's a big sprawling format now, isn't it, with the, with the groups of four and then the progressions of the stage and then it goes on. It, it, what did you, I, I, obviously you, you played in the first part of it, but what do you make of that kind of format overall? Yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's a great tournament. It's, it's a good tournament to get going, but um, best to sort of four frames um, to sort of try and get your season off ain't, ain't great. Um, I, obviously, I've done okay in it in, in previous years. Yeah. So, um, but obviously, the prize money ain't great. Um, so, it's 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 maybe probably a nice sort of gentler, gentle starter to sort of get the season off. That's maybe how I look at it. Yeah. Now, um, ahead of the action in Leicester, you tweeted. I'll, I'll read the full thing. You said, I'm "Just about to start my 28th season as a pro in the Betvictor Championship League at the Morningside Arena in Leicester." Uh, also, thanks to the uh, at Premier Inn A50 for a little message in my room. Uh, many thanks to my sponsors, uh, Public Genial and Q Creator, for the support going forward. Um, now you can find the tweet and find a nice little card from from the Premier Inn crew there if you want to go and have a look at that. Um, no, just, I mean, related to that, I, I did look into it, but I couldn't find a record of who you played on your pro debut in, in 95 or, or what the event was. And I wondered if you could shed some light on that. 
Um, it was 1995, mm. uh, Blackpool. Um, yeah. I actually forgot uh, what the name of it. Oh, my God. I showed you how old I am. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. We'll come on to um, that. Yeah. I, so, me- yeah. I remember playing Stephen Ormerod. Stephen Ormerod, right, okay. Is yeah. my first year. And I, I'm sure I won 5 nil as well. Right, okay. Oh, so okay. I still bump into him every now and then at yeah. a few tournaments here and there. Right, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, many, many moons ago. Oh, that gives me something to go on. I might have a dig around and see if I find a few more details on that. But um, anyway, look, I mean, just to make everyone else feel old, I think uh, I looked it up. It would have been, what, summer, do you think? August, september sort of thing, around that sort of time, do you think? Yeah, normally, yeah, yeah, July, I think, June, July. Yeah, that usual kind of around that, that kind of usual season start. So I think uh, Take That Never Forget was number one at the time. Um, and I and personally, I was just about collecting my uh, surprisingly reasonable GCSE results. So uh, that's just to place <laughs> it for everyone. Um, so, I mean, I need to know, you, you started as a that, uh, pro many moons ago. Um did you think you would still be going strong 28 seasons later? And what is the secret uh, to your staying power? Um, yeah, no, obviously you just don't know what. Um, it's obviously it was changing the first few years. It was changing all the time. Mm. Um, Norbrecht Castle, that's, that's the black, in Blackpool. Right, OK. Um, but yeah, obviously I had two years at, at, at Blackpool and then it changed to UK tour, then, then another system, then another system. So the first sort of four or five years it was just chop and changing but uh um but yeah you don't know obviously people falling off the tour um but obviously lucky for me my game obviously like a bit like a fine wine got better with age yeah that's right um but yeah obviously barry Owen coming in changed it all and, and like I say people knew that I, I sort of loved the game and and travel anywhere to play and i think that's what's kept me going really mm-hmm. um playing in programs and then obviously barry coming in taking over the game and obviously don't need to enter primes obviously it, it seemed like the what were they the um ptcs were more or less like that and um so we was playing week in week out and the just game got stronger and stronger as that as that went on but um yeah say 28 years later i'm, I'm still fighting still believe i can do things in the game and uh yeah just obviously still enjoy playing and still enjoy the crack of it all yeah, so it sounds like, I mean, the answer to the question about your secret, your staying power, is, is basically, it's just sort of keep doing it, it's consistency and just keeping the enthusiasm enthusiasm yeah. levels up, yeah? Yeah, I, I still enjoy practising, um, I'm in the snooker room now, just, as soon as I put the phone down to you, I'll be doing a couple of hours before heading up to Leicester, mm. so, um, but yeah, just sort of, I think, I think that's what it is, I think it gives me the time away from the kids and the family, yeah. that's my really what's happening. A reason to escape. We're back to the camp. Yeah, yeah no, I um, You just mentioned that uh, you're back in action again this Saturday in a European Masters round one qualifier against Jamie Clark. Uh, just to again return to the uh, let's all feel old thing. He was probably just approaching his first birthday uh, when you were starting <laughs> on the tour. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Um, anyway, as far as I can tell, you, you've played him a couple of times before. Uh, I think it was in the sort of COVID era, uh, short format matches in the Championship League and, and the Pro Series. Um, um, and you won both. Um, so, so how will you prepare for this one? Yeah, no, I've been I've been practicing um, people like Sean O'Sullivan and Matt Selt, um, Zach Surety. I've, pra- I've been practicing with, so trying to get my game back um, in, into sort of match mode and and just sort of not take on anything stupid. I feel like the game's getting stronger by the day, and uh, 
sort of, I say, until you get there and, and get out on tape, you don't really know how it's going to sort of how it's going to go on the day. But uh, hopefully, I can sort of do my best and get a result. Now, finally, we'll close this week um, by uh, doing a listeners' questions uh, section. Um, it's always can be haphazard, but I invited uh, some questions through uh, Stuart's official Facebook page, uh, and, and we got a few back. Um, Jeff Chalks asked Stuart, "Was the Masters win against Kyron uh, your most memorable uh, non-final match?" Um, and, and then he puts in brackets with the infamous high five uh, table run there. So, uh, would you say that's your most memorable uh, match that, that was in the final? In the final, I, I played Ali in the final. No, he said he said non-final match. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, so, so match that wasn't a final. Like, so for your career, would, would you say that's your most memorable? I think is what he's asking. Yeah. Um, that's my probably yeah the most enjoyable mm. with the high fives and everything. Yeah. It was um, great, yeah. I may probably say my win against Judd in the in the in the semis of the world yeah. the year I won it. Yeah, I think that's may probably the obviously one that sticks out. Um, I, I remember playing Dave Gilbert. I think in the semis of the Masters that year. Yeah, um, when a crowd just it was just unbelievable. Um, still think it now and still go goose pimples thinking about it. Mm. Um, but yeah. I, I, I think maybe probably, yeah, I've got the two or three that I can think of. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, some unbelievable matches. I mean, I'll ask a related question. Was it, was it your favourite celebration, your, your favourite uh, post-match celebration, do you think? Yeah, I think, I think it is, yeah. Obviously, it's, yeah. it's sort of got a bit of a trend there. Uh, I remember, yeah. I think it was Hal Irwin. Not many people remember him, right. um, golfer. Yeah. I think he... He won the US Open or, or chipped in or something, and he sort of run around the crowd doing high five, and that's right. obviously what I thought about. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was brilliant. I remember the uh, the footage. Yeah, um, uh, we had another question. I, like, I can't give any context for this one, but uh, a gentleman called Phil Wilkinson has asked: Has Phil from Carnforth, uh, which I looked up in, in my geography, I think he's sort of like Lancashire way, um, got the strangest cue action you've ever seen? Um, to be honest, I can't remember, but I have seen some weird Q actions o over the years. Right. Um, but I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember Phil. I'm, I'm really sorry, but uh, talk, yeah, to, I, talk to me about the Q actions. Though, what, what are some of the odd ones you've seen? What's, what's really sort of stuck in your mind over the years? Um, just sort of through club players, really. Yeah. Obviously, the pros have all got. They may probably look at one eye a bit differently than others. Sort right. of like someone like Gary Wilkinson. Yeah. Gary, sorry, Gary Wilson. He's very like look out of his left eye. Right. Some people look out of their right eye. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, over the years, obviously in clubs and things like that, uh, see some really strange ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but they will get the job done at the end of the well, day. It's, it's, it, isn't it? it's what you feel comfortable with, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, if it's your, if it's your physicality or whatever it is. But yeah, okay, Phil. Well, listen. If you're listening, mate, perhaps give us a few more clues about uh, Phil from Carnforth, and, and we can um, we can give that some more thought. But um, now uh, the last one was a nice question from uh, Kelly Barker. Uh, kind of a question and a, and a well-wishing uh, comment here. She said, um, "All the best for the season ahead, Stu." 
she, she asked, the question is, would top 16 by crucible time be your main goal? So that's the question. And then she adds, uh, with your scoring boots on, there's still titles for the taking, I'm sure. Uh, so the question uh, about that, uh, would top 16 by crucible time be your main goal this season? Uh, I know Kelly quite well. We obviously message each other hmm. on, on Facebook. So um, my, my sort of main aim is to get in the 16 by the Masters, right. uh, not the Worlds. Hmm. Uh, then then hopefully it speaks for itself uh, for the world sort of thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm like 50-odd thousand behind and with, with China being back on, yeah. a couple of tournaments out there and obviously the UK and things like that before the Masters... Um, that's that's my that's my goal. Um, obviously, if I don't reach there, then it, obviously it will be for the worlds. But um, yeah, obviously, I, like I say, I feel like sort of the last couple of days I've been break building really well. So if I'm getting my scoring boots on, then definitely I'm getting my hands on on a few trophies. Oh, absolutely, Stu, that's great. Thank you very much for your time as always, and best of luck for next week. Lovely. Thanks a lot, James. Cheers. Mm-hmm.